0: 17 broadcasting combine territory. It is every citizen's duty to resist the, combine and learn the truth. Hello and welcome to another edition of Podcast Seventeen, your weekly verbal tour of everything half-life. I'm Philip from Planet Philip, and with me today I have William, Thomas, and Alistair. Gentlemen, introduce yourselves, please.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Podcast 17. This is uh, William, of course, and uh, we got an interesting show for you. So stay tuned. Uh, we got a lot of news to cover. So get your news hats on, so to speak. Hi, my name's Alistair.
2: I'm... Th- also known as Dads, spelled D3ADS. I am the creator of the mod Forgotten, which you will be—we t- will be talking about in a few minutes. And I've also been in the Half-Life community for
3: about ten years and counting, so it's been a long time. Yeah, and I'm Thomas from Half-Life Creations. Not really a stranger here anymore, and I'll be glad to be offering my opinions on what we'll be covering on the show today.
0: As long as there's no more terrible Philip impressions, that's fine. Welcome, everybody. So, to start with, let's talk about some Podcast 17 news. First of all, to tell you there will be no interruption in transmissions over the Christmas period. We'll be carrying straight on. We're not going to take a break, and hopefully you won't be as well. Also, just to remind you about the listeners' questions. We haven't received any this week, so we can't play any. I'm sure there are hundreds, if not thousands, of listeners out there who have a question and maybe are a little bit shy to record it. But please don't be shy. Record it, and the guests will answer the questions to the best of their abilities. And lastly is the playing event, which William will tell you about. William.
1: Of course, last week we talked about our playing event, which was uh, Suicide Survival. For those unfamiliar with the event, uh, we have a Steam community group up. It's called Podcast 17, of course. So you join a Steam community group and uh, you just play with friends. Uh, and last week it was Suicide Survival. And I think on the Monday or the Tuesday, I can't remember which, I set up a little server and a couple people joined. It was quite interesting. I met a couple people, a lot of the listeners joined. Um, or I, I met a couple of listeners through this um, gaming event, and we had a lot of fun. We played it for about half an hour, nothing big, and uh, we got to know each other. So... This week we will be having the playing event again, and later on in the show we'll discuss which mod we're going to be playing. But I would just like to say we're going to have an event Wednesday night, and uh, I'll post a news section on the Podcast 17 website at www.podcast17.com. But we're going to shoot for about 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and uh, like I said, we'll. I'll mention which mod we're going to be playing, and uh, that is going to be our playing event for this week of course you don't have to play Wednesday night you can always just join the group and uh, find people online and message them and say hey you want to play this mod you want to play the mod in the playing event this week and I almost guarantee people will say sure Um, that's kind of how it was last week and I hope that's how how it is this week so just letting you all know the community group is up there it's podcast 17 check it out and uh, play with some friends
0: Okay, cool. I, I missed that. I have to admit that I thought we were going to have uh, a specific date, so I wasn't looking out for it. If I'd have thought about it, I would have probably joined in and let myself get exploded or blown up at least. So sorry I missed that, but uh, I'll try and be around for the next one.
1: So I think that covers new, or I guess podcast news. Did you want to move into Half-Life news, Philip? Yep. Now seems the perfect
0: time. Tell us what's been happening this week, William.
1: Alright, so on the vein of things, uh, we mentioned Suicide Survival earlier on the show, and of course we've been talking about it a lot in the past couple of weeks, and we promised that Tobias was going to be releasing 1.1 on Friday, and of course he did, Uh, Suicide Survival 1.1 is out, it includes a whole bunch of new maps, he had a little mapping contest uh, to see which... Of the best of the best will be included in 1.1. He has a new scoring system, a new third-person view for the Suiciders, which was extremely needed. A lot of people were saying they wanted a third-person view. Um, Awesome new taunts, some new voice icons placed over the head so you can have fun verbally abusing each other, and new team colors. So 1.1 is out. It is a much-needed update. Check it out and have some fun blowing each other up.
0: That sounds so strange there. Have some fun blowing each other up.
1: Well, that's what the mod's all about. Alistair, did you get a chance to play Suicide Survival yet? Um, No, because
2: I don't have Half-Life 2 installed, actually. Oh, fair enough. The reason
0: I was laughing, because, you know, blow it, it, have fun blowing each other up. It made it sound like we were all walking around and we were all deflatable, or inflatable, as it were.
1: <laughs> Moving right along. Empires released a new version of their mod. Now, I... I never really have been a fan of Empires, um, but I want to give it another shot, because apparently it's come a long way since their initial release. And that's why this week Empires will be our um, playing mod of the week. So download Empires 2.2 and, uh, get it installed so we can play with some friends. And, uh, like I said, I haven't played Empires in a while, but it's kind of like a real-time strategy first-person shooter. It kind of Streams alongside of mods like uh, Natural Selection and uh, other RTS mods, but I want to give it another try, and they've added a whole bunch of new things which sound a little bit interesting. So if you are willing to play Empires, like I said, join the Steam community group, and uh, we'll be having a little event on Wednesday. Um, does has anybody been following Empires, Thomas? Because I know Philip and uh... Alistair. Philip and Alistair don't play multiplayer mods.
3: To be honest, I'm in the same boat as you are with it. I saw it, and I'm like, well, it it looks interesting, but it's not really my bag. It's not something I don't think I would enjoy too much. So on the risk of probably disliking it, I've just not played it at all.
1: Yeah um, also when it was first released, it was so laggy. I mean you would have more than eight people in a server and it would just become ridiculous because the amount of models and the amount of things happening behind the scenes. it is a pretty intricate game. Um, it is a little bit advanced as well. so there is a little bit of a learning curve, but we can work through it this week. I think this will be a good good mod to pick because it's team play oriented. It's extremely team play oriented. And maybe we can all just go on a server and be on the same team, like the Podcast 17 Empires team. That'd be really cool.
2: Yeah, it doesn't really seem to be my kind of game either. To it looks quite impressive. It's like sort of um, sort of Operation Flashpoint meets Battlezone. It's quite, quite intriguing.
1: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it too, I think.
2: So, William, how long do you think it would take
0: for a bozo like me to sort of pick this kind of game up, since I've never played anything like it before?
1: Well, judging by how the game was at the very beginning, there is a huge learning curve. A bigger learning curve than most Half-Life games, so I think it might take you a couple tries to get used to. But uh, if you have people helping you out through voice chat, it's a little bit easier. Games like this are always hard to figure out on your own, unless maybe you go through a readme. But when you have other people on your team, and people on your team who are nice and helpful, um, it goes a lot smoother. So I think it'll be alright if we help you out.
0: Okay. I mean, that's a good point. Mods like this should sort of have introduction nights and introduce a newbie and all those kind of things for, for people like me, because otherwise making that jump is, um, you know, quite, quite difficult on your own, as you say.
1: A lot of mods nowadays don't have tutorials either. Like the multiplayer mods, they don't have a sort of training area that you can go in by yourself. And I think that's lacking.
0: Yeah, I remember I tried uh, a a game called Planetside, I think it was a Sony game, and it was huge, like, it was a 1.6 gigabyte download, and um, it gave you the impression that it was, you know, really easy to play, so I got in there, and I couldn't figure out what to do, I picked up a weapon, and I couldn't even get out of the base, I couldn't join a team, I, I was just stuck there for like 10 minutes, and in the end I thought, forget this, I've got better things to do with my 10
1: minutes. Yeah, I mean, you see tutorials for games, for single-player games, and obviously the AAA titles always have tutorials. But I think mods, they really don't care about that sort of thing. They leave it up for the player to learn by themselves. I think that's where they lose a lot of their player base, is when a new person comes into the game and they get overwhelmed by the amount of features involved. Um, I think it might be nice to have, for mod developers to concentrate on an offline, um, you know, slow-paced tutorial so people can pick up all the controls and everything instead of them learning by themselves through trial and error, so to speak. Yeah, I agree. And
0: this comes back to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago about mod management, that it's not just enough to actually make a mod. You have to promote it. You have to make sure that people understand what it's about so that they become interested and they know how to use it and all sorts of things. And this is just one area that is neglected by many, many mods. I mean, in fact, I can't think of a mod that has done a really, really good job of explaining things. But having said that, all of the mods that I play are single player. So perhaps the other people, the guests... Alistair and Thomas can think of some mods that have done a really good job of, you know, explaining things to their players. Or not. Okay, <laughs> no problem. <laughs>
1: Doesn't matter.
3: Yeah, I'm like, um you know, you guys might be on to something there. I'm trying to think, I'm racking my brain as hard as I can. And I think a lot of mod developers, and I'll put myself guilty as this as well, assume that... Hey, if you're playing a mod, you should know how to look up the controls, and you should know to do this. They're putting a lot of a lot of stuff back onto the player simply because they believe that well, mods aren't exactly mainstream, although they are becoming mainstream. But I think developers are lagging on that, so they don't think that uh, it's an issue.
1: Yeah, that's another really good point. There's a lot of assumed knowledge because of the elitist um, mentality of our of the community, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, Half-Life do a fantastic, sorry, Half-Life, Valve do a fantastic job of, you know, when they gave you the gravity gun or the zero point manipulator, uh, whatever it was called, you know, they had the area with the dog and you had a chance to play around and it was so well done. And if you weren't paying attention, you could have missed that it was a tutorial within the game.
1: Yeah, little things like that are perfect for uh, for titles to do. Not specifically like a tutorial, like a training room, like Half Life One did. But uh, you know, like like you said, like built-in tutorials are always fun. Right off the top of my head, though, most recently, Half-Life Zombie Edition kind of did a tutorial at the beginning of their game. Um, There's a lot to learn there, and uh, they they taught you how to change from one zombie to another, and about all the controls. But that was just through, like, interface text messages and everything. And once again, that was built in right into the game. That's true, you're right. And it was, it was quite well done. I mean, it should have had a system where you
0: could uh, replay it quite easily, because I missed some of the text messages, because, I don't know, the doorbell went, and I looked around the corner or something. But you're right, Zombie um, Edition had, had that, and that was an excellent thing.
1: Anyway, um, moving right along, this is probably my favorite part of news this week, just because of how professional it is. This morning, Neo Tokyo released their trailer for the mod they're going to be releasing fairly soon, and this trailer is so professionally done. Philip, you wanted to say a little bit of something about professional trailers?
0: Yeah, uh, after watching this trailer and the Black Mesa trailer recently I think it's it's time that we acknowledged how professional uh, the videos that mods are releasing are becoming and hopefully that's because the whole process is becoming more professional and also hopefully it's because they're passing it over to specialists. I mean, within a mod you have a specialist mapper, a specialist modeler, voice actor and slowly, slowly I think we're now getting professional um, video makers because it's very, very good and it makes a huge difference to the, the impact that it has on a potential player and I think that's really important so whoever made that and the Black Mesa trailer well done and hopefully other mods will learn from that and if they can't do it themselves try and find somebody
1: yeah Alistair Thomas what did you think of the uh, trailer I think it was incredible yeah, it
2: was, it was very impressive. As, as I was saying earlier, it does remind me of Shogo Mobile um, Armor Division, and you know a lot of the other sort of anime things. It's very impressive. It does come across to me like a retail game, same as Black Mesa. The, the quality of trailers these days is just—it's just—it's it's mesmerizing. Just how much stuff they can do for you know um, a third-party modification.
3: Uh, no, it certainly looks pretty good. My only fear with these higher-end trailers is. I don't want to get the wrong idea of what the gameplay will actually be like. It uh, can sometimes mislead people. Like uh, Left 4 Dead kind of did that because it looked like it would be a lot different from a source game, but no, it played very much like a source game. But I really hope and for Neo Tokyo and this community that uh, they can somehow shake
1: off the uh, source cliches, if you will. Yeah, that's another good point too. Um I forget who said it um a couple episodes back, but somebody said remember trailers uh show nothing about gameplay. They just show how pretty a mod is. I think it was Tobias. And I think that's a really good point, And it kinda of bleeds into what you were saying. A good case in point of that is the um the new Alan Wake trailer, you know, there's
2: a lot of good sort of cinematic stuff there, but it doesn't show any gameplay off, so you're kind of left wondering how the game's actually gonna play.
0: I agree with you. I agree with you too. But I think at the same time, the developers have to make sure that they get us interested even before the gameplay. Um, and if that's the aim of these trailers, then they've done a, f- a very very good job. Um, and remember, when you think about cinema, uh, movies. Sorry, often you see something in a trailer that doesn't doesn't end up in the uh, actual movie itself. But if it's enough to say, "Wow, that's great! I've got to watch that," then it's done its job. And The other side is that the the mappers and the, the coders have to make sure that the gameplay matches the quality that has been presented in the videos.
1: Yeah, people always say you can't judge a book by its cover, but in media, you always judge books by their covers. Um, like you said, through movies, even through like poster bills of movies. Um, these trailers are what gets people interested, and it's really all people have. Um, there's very few people out there who are going to the news sites and reading the news sites in depth and uh, frequently, freaking, frequently uh, reading the uh, like say Neo Tokyo's website. So the trailer is possibly the only thing somebody has before the mod actually comes out. So it is you are judging a book by its cover and you have to really concentrate on uh you really have to concentrate on keeping your fan base like that and getting people interested. A planet
0: philip regular reader and also somebody we'll be talking about later named Kasberg who was the maker of the Citizen and uh the Citizen 2. He posted on the site that Um, For him uh, High quality images are a very good reflection Of the quality of the mod um, That is released Not that it's impossible to make uh, Really good screenshots of a map And then have bad uh, gameplay But really, if you have a really good Quality screenshot that Reflects the map, then it shows that the, The person involved has taken a lot of time And is thinking about details And probably, although not necessarily The gameplay will be excellent As well
1: yeah, I think it really shows that people care, and uh, our next little news bit, I know you want to stay on this, but it's on the same topic of trailers, the Creed's Beta 4 trailer was released, and in comparison to the Neo-Tokyo trailer, this really is nothing. It's its like comparing uh, a McDonald's hamburger to a fine dining steak. You know, it's there's nothing involved here that separates, or that, uh, that distinguishes the Creed's beta trailer amongst all the rest, and it shows a level of detail that the designers uh, really care about. You can tell the Neo Tokyo team, is a professional team, they care about getting their mind out, and they care about everything they release, and like you said, even uh, high-res images. And you can tell, even with high-res images, if people put a little banner, a nice little graphic on the bottom or on the top saying this is Neo Tokyo, and maybe print the map name, and uh, maybe who worked on this little section, that goes along way too. Um, it makes your images look a lot more professional.
0: Yeah, I agree. Just all of those details. I mean, as you were speaking, I was rude enough to be watching the uh, Creed's trailer again, and really all it is, is it's just watching somebody play the game and believe it or not that actually has the opposite effect on what they expect because i look at that and think oh that looks that looks really hard i don't think i really want to play that that doesn't suddenly make me think wow oh, that's really interesting whereas the neo tokyo one did and i still won't play it because it's a multiplayer one but at least they've elicited the type of response that they should be going for which is interest okay so while we're talking about this neo tokyo uh, trailer um what interests me most about it is the way that it really takes a completely new style, uh, art direction. And there was a mod that I think was cancelled that had this kind of combination of, you know, manga and something else that I can't quite put my finger on. And it had, uh, I'm sure it had like a dolphin that was augmented. Uh, can anybody remember that? Because that was like a cool looking mod.
1: Oh, I don't even recall anything like that. You lost me on dolphin yeah
0: <laughs> okay I'm going to have to look for this but this was like s- some mod that they were working on and they they really did look like they had gone into the detail and uh, something about a police almost think it was neo-police or something like that maybe the listeners can uh, t- can tell us or I'll probably do some research after the show
1: the mystery mod of the week that'll be our new on the fly segment <laughs> that's a great idea yeah we have that name that mod <laughs> So, um, just to just to summarize, the Creeds Beta Four trailer was released. You can check it out if you're a Creeds fan. And I think trailers like this exist in comparison to the to the Tokyo trailer is to inform, right? Um, the Neo Tokyo trailer is to gain to to get interest of people, but the Beta 4 trailer is to inform the already established player base of uh, what's out there and what's coming in Beta 4. So you can see that the trailer is, as Philip said, just uh, a video of somebody playing the mod. And then, uh, uh, written over top Is there new additions And uh, like 30 new bug fixes And now the grappling hook works well And ping is better You know things like that um, It's more of an informative trailer Rather than a, a visual trailer
3: Yeah and at the same time That information could have just as easily been put into a news post But they decided to put it in the trailer So whether or not that's a good strategy We'll see how it works out for them
1: Yeah of course Okay,
3: I've just right. found the mods.
0: Sorry, it was actually a mod for Unreal Tournament. It's called Union City Blue. and That had a cool, uh, a cool uh, art direction, so we'll
1: link to that. Even though it's not Half-Life, we'll link to that. Alrighty. Okay, moving right along in the uh, agenda here. Philip, you recently posted Apple Tart on uh, Planet Philip. you want to talk about this mod a little bit?
0: Yeah, sure. I'm a little bit late. It's It was uh, released in sometime in July, so I'm one of the last to sort of post it. Uh, it attempts to um, tell you a new story, and it attempts to make some modifications to the the visual style, and more importantly, it attempts to introduce humour, and unfortunately, it didn't do any of those for me. I found the whole thing quite boring, and the attempts at humour just fell flat for me. The... Uh, mapping style was very plain and simple and the idea of an apple tarp uh, i didn't i like serious mods to be honest i like mods that follow the half-life story i know i'm very special but that's the way i am and i applaud them for trying to do something new and i think when you look at their forums most people thought that they'd done a great job but the gore was quite excessive and i don't find that particularly interesting and the Instead of a crowbar, you had a frying pan, which is okay, it's cool. I mean, Creed's uses an a ice pick, so it's nice to have something different. But one of the problems I found with this mod is that you can throw the frying pan, but then you can th- throw it where you can't reach it, which is quite <laughs> annoying. It had achievements, which was kind of uh, quite good. So, all in all, I suppose what I'm trying to say is, boring.
1: Um, You know what, I kind of liked it Um, Yes, the mapping style Was uh, horrible Absolutely horrible And they need to work on their visuals But uh, I'm I'm one for that type of humor I mean it's kind of like a 4chan slash YTMND if anybody knows that that is humor involved in the mod um, just complete nonsense is what it is um, but what I really liked is the amount of detail they put into uh, as you said the gore system, the blood system and the uh, camera sprays are awesome and I don't know if you remember but the water, when you went into the water that was absolutely amazing, I've never seen anything like that in any mod and I, need, I think they should make this open source and make it available to every mod and every mod should use their water system because it's that amazing.
0: Yes, I have to say that and really I was only joking when I said the the boring part. I just uh, just didn't like it as much as other people did, but I agree with you completely. Um, I thought the, uh, the water system was fantastic and yes, let me reiterate if you can, please make that open source and let other mods use it because it's fantastic.
1: Another great thing though was uh, this this mod was very mission-based, and um, it had a nice little UI where you'd start a new map, and you'd, you'd ask yourself, what's going on here? What's, what's the story? And you just kind of hit tab, and you read your missions, and you're like, okay, I have to go to this locker. It doesn't matter why you have to go to this locker, you just do. You know, it's just, there's something that's driving you, but it's nothing really interesting that's driving you. And then you get achievements based on that. So if you do a certain amount of things in the map, like Philip said, you unlock the ability to, say, throw your frying And uh, you're working towards these things throughout the maps, and the maps have really nothing to do with each other. They're just kind of mission-based areas, and then when you beat one, it loads the next map. Um, They are continuous, but uh, I I see no overall storyline. It's just a mod... That ha- that makes completely no sense, and that's exactly what they're going for. They weren't they weren't trying to make a mod that made sense. So if these things kind of deter you, then don't play it. But if you are kind of um, uh, somebody who likes to look at all- everything Half Life, you need to at least check out the gore and the uh, the water system in this mod because it will astound you.
0: I have to disagree with you a little here, um, William. I don't think that they were actually trying for this like random idea. I think that this is one of the problems of having uh, a community uh, with a lack of direction. I-, I actually feel that they made this mod, it was almost like a group of guys sitting around a table and saying, okay, what should we do now? Oh, okay, we could have an apple tart. Okay, yeah, and a frying pan. Yeah, great idea. And then we could have a couple of maps to do this, and a couple of uh, um, objectives. Okay, yeah, let's do that, rather than somebody saying this is what we really want and let's make the best of it that was the impression i got anyway
1: you forgot to mention that they were also uh, high and drunk when they thought of this mod
0: <laughs> yes that too anyway as william says if you want to play something half-life and you're looking for something different then you should definitely um play it but it's de- not going to be on your christmas wish list for um the best mods of the year but well, at least not on mine anyway
1: Yeah, not on mine either, but uh, oh man, they should really open source some of their effects. It's really amazing. Anyway, moving right along, one of my favorite mods of all time, and um, hardcore listeners should know, Sven Co-op has released a huge media update. Um, Sven Viking is kind of known for you know, holding out on media updates and just releasing a whole bunch of stuff at once, either because A, he's lazy, or uh, or B, he just kind of lets things pile up. He's not really in charge of the mod. This is where a lot of people get confused um, with the Sven Co-op mod. Sven Viking is no longer in charge of the mod. He's in charge of kind of PR, but that's about it. He has handed the mod development over to Sniper. So when Sven Viking makes a news post about the Sven Co-op 4.0 features, it's usually a big deal. So I'm just trying to give you guys the uh, the background involved with this. So he posted a whole bunch of images and uh, a whole bunch of screenshots of all the new maps and all the new models that they're releasing in Sven Co-op 4.0. And it's going to be awesome. It's It's going to redefine Sven Co-op, I think. And one thing that should really get Sven Co-op fans interested is that uh, Sven Viking said, anybody who wants to donate, now is your last chance. And the reason this is so important, in my opinion, is because the way they do their donations is if you donate, you get something special in the game. And they put your Steam ID in the DLLs of the game. So he's saying this is your last chance to get your Steam ID in the DLLs, which means they're packaging up their DLLs, lls right now it means they're done so 4.0 in my opinion will be out really really soon which is great um i can't wait till 4.0 is out so check out the media images check out the weapons and the maps and uh, get your sven co up on william tell me
0: why i should play this map uh, this mod and tell the listeners who haven't played it why should we play it
1: because <laughs> Sven Coop, if you're a single-player fan, let me just tell you right now, single-player is much better when you're playing it with friends. I know that's kind of an oxymoron. But Sven Coop does the best job in any co-op game I've ever played in my life. Um, I've played a lot of co-op games, because co-op is my favorite genre of any type of uh, like video game. And uh, Playing with friends in the Sven Co-op community is such a good group of friends, it is so fun. It might look like crap to some people out there, but the idea is you can play these maps a million times, and they never get old, because you're playing with different people each time, and for some reason there's just something in the Sven Co-op, whether it's Magic, or whether it's, um, as I like to sometimes acknowledge it, as Divine Intervention, that sets this mod apart from every other mod known to man. And uh, they are releasing "They Hunger um, to Sven Co-op 4.0, so if you've never played Hunger, It would be a good time to play it, maybe with friends, through Sven Co-op. And uh, Encouraging mods, like Half-Life mods, to stay in development is important for all Half-Life fans to do. Sven Co-op is one of the biggest Half-Life mods out there, and uh, by you playing it means that you care, you still care about Half Life, and it encourages the developers of Sun op, and mappers too, to keep on the topic of uh, Half Life instead of moving on to Source. That's my little rant. Uh, I met when I first played fan co-op had some really
2: diabolical looking maps back in the day uh, it's come a long way and it's looking really superb especially with thy uh, thy hunger co-op and the actual 4.0 edition is also looking superb it looks so much different compared to what it did in the first incarnation when it first came out it's really you know it's really grown and developed as the time' has gone by it's, it's looking really impressive.
1: Yeah, and the beauty with the mod is that uh, they... They don't really have a team. I mean, they have a team. Yes, Sniper runs a team. They have a couple mappers who are involved, but it's the community. The community works on this mod now. Um, It's gone through so many iterations of development cycles that now it's gotten to the point where, all right, you have a cool map. Cool. We'll put it in 4.0. You got a cool model. You got a nice high-res model. Okay, cool. We'll put it in 4.0. Their idea is let's try to make 4.0 as community-friendly as possible, and how better to do that than let the community work on it, and. It's not like a haphazard, somebody works on one thing and then somebody works on something completely different and you have no consistency throughout the mod. It's something that the community has, um, all has consistency. The community itself has a sense of consistency, so in that they develop a mod that just works so well. And Like you said, it's been around forever, so they have the kind of veteran feel to it too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, it's like anyone can contribute to it. You you make a nice map and you say to them, yeah, that that, that looks good, Uh, we'll put it in there. And, you know, that's why it's one of the most popular mods because, you know, anyone can contribute to it as long as, you know, if you've got something that's
1: going to, you know, enhance what's there. Here's another thing that might drive you, Philip. Um, there are two Sven co-op map packs, and they're called the Big Map Packs, and. I think each of these map packs are about one gig each, and there's easily over uh, 4,000 Sven co-op maps out there. Like, just random things. And if they're crap, they're still fun to play, um, as, as weird as it just sounds. If they're a box and they have, like, a headcrab in it, they're still fun to play. For some reason, this game can make any map enjoyable.
0: Yeah, but it still suffers from the fact that you have to play it with somebody, and that's just so difficult for me.
1: <laughs> I think you have to try it or see it to believe it so to speak. When 4.0 is released, we'll pick it for the uh for the Steam or for the community game and you'll be forced to play it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Alright, moving right along. I think that's enough Uh, Sven Co-op. Strider Mountain has released some media, and uh, we've talked to the Strider Mountain people on the show before. Um, I just wanted to mention it. Uh, So their media looks really, really nice. They always release really nice shots. Philip, did you take a look?
0: Yes, I did. I was actually uh, the first to publish it, but I didn't really put it on the front page, so sorry to the Strider Mountain team. So I got the media before anybody else, and it's, it's beautiful. I mean, you know, it does what it's supposed to do, which is excites people, and people are desperate to play this mod. And um, the next item on the list is talking about another mod called Eternal Silence coming to Steam. And I was just thinking, I wonder if Strider Mountain have thought about trying to get it on Steamworks. Uh, if not, then perhaps they should think about that, because... I'm sure that they're going to get hundreds of thousands of downloads, but at the same time, it might make life a lot easier for people. Said, having said that again, I don't know how much work it would take to put it on um, Steam, uh, Steamworks, so it might be too much work at this late stage, but it looks beautiful.
1: Um, is Valve accepting single-player Steamworks mods? Like, I can't say I whether or d- not... Enough- I don't know, to be honest, but uh,
0: it would seem a little unfair if they weren't, um, but... That's something we can talk about another time. But I was always under the impression that Steamworks was never supposed to be for mods. They made that very clear in the sort of the publicity, and then suddenly they started using it. So, if they can do it for MP mods, why not for SP?
1: Yeah, of course. It's just uh, you know Valve decides in the end, right? I just wonder if they have some sort of bias towards multiplayer mods. That's all
0: I mean yeah, maybe they do, maybe because it helps them with publicity or promotion or something because people are playing it constantly and it's always played
1: through steam. I don't know,
0: I don't, I have no idea.
1: Talking about Steamworks, as Philip mentioned, Eternal Silence 3.2 is coming to Steamworks, and uh, this is a mod I haven't played in a while either. They released some new media. It's kind of like a hybrid between a space shooter and then an FPS. Uh, You control these spaceships, as far as I can remember. Has anybody played this recently? I'm looking at you again, (laughs) Thomas. Boring. You don't like it? <laughs> uh, no, I do not.
3: I remember I didn't I didn't review this for Planet Half-Life. It was actually John Phillips that reviewed it. But it was hard to get a game going so much that I got messaged on MSN and he said, "Tom, I need you, I need you to do me a huge favor." And I'm like, "What's that?" Like, I need you to come play this mod with me. I'm like, all right, so I downloaded it. And we were going around shooting things, and it was like, okay, this is sort of fun, but when they say Eternal Silence, it was like, I'm sitting here at my desktop clicking buttons. It was pretty silent. (laughs) So tell us a little bit what the mod is, though, for people who don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, What it's based off of is that, you know, two warring factions, red and blue, I don't really care what the backstory is, never do. And there is these massive space battles going on. So you'll have all the blue guys on one side of this endless space void and all the red guys on the other side of the endless space void. And there ships shooting at each other. And your objectives are is to blow up all the enemy ships. And of course there's one mother ship that's more important than the rest, but that's essentially the idea. And there's different ships you can fly that have different abilities, like your fighters, your bombers, your attack bombers, and all that stuff. And if you're really good, you can even land in the enemy hangar and that's where the first-person combat comes in you can run around and blow up the place from the inside out and that was probably the only part that I really enjoyed was sneaking into the uh, enemy ships and just you know picking off the pilots as they were trying to get towards their vehicles until they left the game out of pure frustration but uh, like it's good but I'm sure there's people out there that would enjoy it a lot more than I would
1: it takes a certain gamer is what you're saying. Very much so. It's it's very in line with Empires for me. Right. Alright, so I think that covers Eternal Silence. Uh, we got to keep going down this list. No Shelter HDR. Philip, you posted the on Planet Philip, and even I got a chance to play this. Um, tell us what this is about. Yeah, this is just a little map that
0: a uh, map has made and just sort of released. It's a very short uh, map where basically you've got a rocket launcher and you've got a couple of aerial enemies to shoot down. And uh, you just have a little bit of fun. Uh, I mean, I played for maybe 10 minutes. There's, no, there's not supposed to be a story. There's a few combined soldiers. It, it really doesn't try to be anything that it's not. And it's, it's quite good fun to play. I'm a little disappointed with the title, No Shelter, because there's plenty of shelter. But um, it was fun. Did you enjoy it?
1: Yeah, I had a good time. Um, Like you said, there's nothing really special about it, and there's nothing really bad about it either. But do not play it on hard. It takes an infinite amount of rockets to kill something on hard, and it's not fun. I eventually, uh, playing it on hard, I eventually stopped playing. Uh, I got to, like, the uh, second ship, or the second... attack craft, the one in episode 2, I can't remember what it's called, but not the chopper, the other thing, and uh, I couldn't take it down, like I just, I must have shot like 50 rockets at this thing, and it was just a, eventually a repetitive function of me running from one shelter to the other, picking up rockets on the way, and then shooting, and then doing it again, it eventually got boring.
0: Yeah, I only played on easy, and I think I recommended to my readers to try it on uh, hard, because I thought, well, it was quite easy on easy, so maybe it would be more fun on hard. So if you have,
1: uh, based on my
0: recommendation, sorry about that. (laughs) Yeah, it makes
1: it almost near to impossible, put it that way. Alright, um, talking about trailers again, moving on. Operation Black Mesa released a trailer. Um, this this looks like a pretty cool mod. It reminds me of a a sort of Opposing Force remake. I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, they are. They're trying to recreate Half-Life Opposing Force in Source. Um, it's just interesting to look at because we've been talking about Black Mesa Source a lot, and uh, there's nobody really caring about Opposing Force. And the trailer looks pretty cool. They have some really, really nice things involved here. Um, um, the trailer's a little bit boring because they got a lot of text, but their maps look nice and their weapons look nice and it looks like they're, uh, really caring about, uh, Opposing Force. It's one of, uh, Opposing Force is one of my favorite mods for Half-Life 1, so if you're interested, check it out.
0: Yeah, but it's not really a mod, is it? I mean, Opposing Force is like a, a whole game in itself, so, um, it's not... It's, not, it's a little unfair to, to label it just as a mod. I mean, I really like the uh, the night vision. I thought that was a really good idea, and I was hoping that somebody would build some mods where you only had to have night vision, um, because I thought that that added something
1: extra. That was kind of cool. Well, yeah, the last mod we played uh, that we were able to beta test. Why um, can't I think of the name now? It's kind of embarrassing. Combine well, Destiny Combined Destiny yeah, Combine Destiny 2, they had some really good night vision in there too, so that was interesting to see. But anyway, um, check it out if you're uh, an Opposing Force fan. If you're not, if this mod isn't on your radar, it probably should be, so check it out. Another thing that uh, I want to talk about is uh, Ragnarok Arena Remastered. Now, we had... A card on the show, and he's the one in charge of uh, Ragnarok Arena, and he mentioned he was going to be releasing uh, a new mod for Source, and then uh, NoPK Emmanuel quickly said that that's no longer in production, so. I think what he's doing is he's concentrating on Ragnarok Arena Remastered source media, and he's been releasing a ton of media for uh, Ragnarok Remastered. And it looks pretty good. Um, Ragnarok Arena wasn't really one of the mods that I enjoyed. I don't really like the whole platformer for Half-Life, but uh, it's interesting to look at if you've played it. Thomas, uh, do you have anything to say about Ragnarok? Quite a bit. I'm probably one of the few people that's actively beta
3: testing it now and uh, having played the original Ragnarok Arena on uh, Half-Life and then playing the Source version, uh, he's done so many improvements. Like He's been working his absolute butt off getting this done and polished, and it really, really, really shows. It's just, I really think that it'll make a much larger impact than his uh, previous works, and I really hope that it does because he's very talented at what he does, and he spits out... Uh, new builds for me all the time to download and play so he is very much in development of this and it shows through the constant media releases yeah it looks nice um Uh,
0: sorry i was going to say that um i think the idea of a, a multiplayer 2d is a really cool idea i've never ever heard of that before maybe there's hundreds of them but i just think that's a really cool idea and maybe that would be fun to have as a podcast 17 playing event one day as well that's kind
1: of fun yeah, Ragnarok was fun, um, I just couldn't get into it and I I do look forward to Source. I I really wanna play it. Um, so it it will be one of our playing events when it's when it's released, excuse me. But anyway, moving right along. Uh, anyway, check out like like we're saying. Check out Ragnarok Arena if you haven't been checking out the new Source stuff. Uh, moving on though, Novafall is a Half-Life third-person map that was just released on the Interlopers forum. Philip, you found this. You want to talk about what this is? Well, I didn't. I can't say that I found it. Somebody
0: emailed me and pointed me in the right direction. Um, but I, I wasn't. When I was emailed, I didn't realise it was a third person until I saw the screenshots. I loaded it and I played it, and uh, it was very interesting. I mean, I don't like third persons very much. Sorry, Alistair. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but I did have a problem with it. And uh, what happened was when I died and I reloaded. Uh, the configuration file somehow hadn't um, been taken up and all the button assignments had gone, the binds, and I couldn't play and I was never fast enough to get out of the way of the, um, damn, what's that thing called? The ant-lion guard, Uh, so I died. So I didn't carry on with it for uh, for too much time. But um, I think it's great that people try new things. I mean, I presume you've played it, yes?
1: Actually I didn't get a chance to play this, but it looked interesting. It reminded me of uh like games like Resident Evil and Silent Hill that had those fixed camera, um, third person type of things. It's yeah, pretty, l- sorry, it's a pretty simple it's a pretty simple concept too. I mean you just set up uh like an ENV camera or whatever they're called, a function camera, and it's always triggered. And then you just control your pl- player. I'm surprised nobody's done this sooner, to be honest. Yeah, I think
0: you got a little bit of a flack a little bit of flack for the the angle of the camera, though, that sometimes it was quite difficult to see and it, you weren't always in the right place and, you know, it would have to change and you could be behind a wall. And I had a little bit of trouble with it sometimes as well. Um, but I suppose people who are used to third person shooters are, are sort of know how to you know move their character so that that doesn't happen to them.
2: I can't really see how this would work in sort of like a Half Life 2 environment because, you know, the the whole point of the camera angles in Silent Hill games and Resident Evil, well, mainly the Silent Hill games, is, is to create a sense of unease because there are things that you can't quite see because the camera restricts you. And that puts a sense of fear because you're constantly wondering what it is that's in the corner that you can just about see but you can't quite see it completely. So I can't really see how that would work in Half Life to sort of environment but as I've not played it I can't really comment too much so it might be something that, that I could check out and sort of see actually how we've um, achieved that.
0: I'm not sure that the author was going for a scary uh, atmosphere ambience anyway though so um, I understand what you're saying but maybe he was just looking to to test the limits of the source engine or see what it would be like but it's nice to just try to try something new that's all.
1: Yeah absolutely why not Okay then, uh, moving on. The Citizen 2 released some media. You posted this on uh, Planet Philip too. Tell us about this.
0: Yeah, I got um, another exclusive here a few days before any other website, so I was very lucky, so thanks, guys, for that. Um, The Citizen 2 is one of uh, a few eagerly anticipated mods. It carries on the story from The Citizen, and if you haven't played it, that's a must-play. That's definitely a Hall of Fame 2007 for Planet Philip. So they released some screenshots, and there's been some debate on Planet Philip about a particular cathedral and whether we feel it's out of place or not, but besides that sort of minor detail, it it looks like it's going to be a really good mod And the authors, Kasperg and Playbus, uh, or Evil Bill I'm not sure which he prefers now, sorry uh, Are really trying to introduce New textures, new sounds, new models And they're working with uh, a very Competent modeller, who I'm not sure I can Mention yet, um, who's Been mentioned on this show before, and It's very clear to me that they don't want to just use the same textures and sounds that everybody's been using for Half-Life 2 for a number of years now. They want something different, and this mod looks like it's going to to give us that. And it has an interesting story, which is always nice. I think there will be some moral dilemmas, which I really, really like as well. Uh, So if you haven't played Citizen, you must. If you haven't heard of Citizen 2, then you must check out the uh, new media, because it looks great.
1: Yeah, these, uh, these few screenshots do look really, really nice. Really clear art direction and uh, like what they want in terms of maps and environments.
2: Yeah, it looks really impressive. I love the trams. It's just excellent.
3: I'm enjoying that I see less and less default uh, source textures, and that means it will hopefully feel less like a source mod and I'll want to play it more. <laughs>
2: yeah it's a problem i've with source mods is they kind of tend to use a lot of the stock material which kind of fits in fine for half-life 2 but when you move away from something else like that it doesn't actually work but with this it's nice to have you know a mix of half-life 2 sort of um, default stuff and new new things to sort of you know freshen out the you know the atmosphere and everything well, it's
0: still set in the Half-Life universe, and um, so it's nice to have some connection. I think if they replaced every sound, every model, and every texture, it would be too much of a jump. But it is nice to have new stuff. That's There's no doubt about that.
2: Oh, yes, of course. I was just talking
1: about, you know, source mods in general that tend to use a lot of stock material, that's all. That's a good segue for the next thing we've got to talk about, and this is a mod that does not use any stock material. This is ridiculous. Now, I just want to say right off the bat, I am not really a Star Trek fan and I'm definitely not a Star Trek like Enterprise fan, um, but Star Trek Enterprise Temporal Cold War is a mod that's definitely on my radar. If you haven't seen this, their mod DB profile page, and uh, their subsequent trailer that they just recently released, what we're talking about, um, then you need to look at it right now, because this changes everything about Half-Life, and they're doing things that I didn't even think were possible in this game. It's it's intense, the amount of things they're doing with this this mod. It is nothing like Source. It is nothing like anything you've ever seen. No mod is comparable to this mod alone. And it's totally something you would not expect from a Star Trek mod. And I cannot wait for this thing to, become, to be released. And it needs to be on everybody's radar. If you haven't seen this, look at it right now. Click the link right now. Pause this podcast and look at the video and look at all the images.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely superb. They are really taking their time and they're doing a great job. And the new video has excellent voice acting. It took me a while to realize that it wasn't the voice from the the TV show because whoever's doing the voice acting uh, has done a great job to make himself sound very similar to uh, Captain Archer. Uh, Enterprise is my favorite Star Trek series. I'm I'm not really a big Trekkie, but I do like watching them. But I think this is going to rock. This mod is going to rock.
3: What do you guys think of this media? It it just totally blows me away what they've done. I just wow. Everything looks great. Like nothing nothing looks out of place in the sense that it looks very, very believable to me. There's not really any uh one thing I can point out in a screenshot like, Oh, that that doesn't look great or oh I, I remember seeing that cup somewhere else or I remember seeing that chair somewhere else. They've they've pretty much thrown everything out and started from scratch and that must be a hell of a lot of work but the product that they're getting out of it wow yeah Yeah, pretty much yeah pretty much what
2: thomas just said i'm absolutely bowled over by the amount of detail that they managed to put into this all the custom content it's just it's amazing there's a a large group of talented individuals here indeed it is wow i'm not a star trek fan myself but you know i'm i'm certainly interested in this just for the sheer amount of custom content that they've managed to you know make it's it's just it's fantastic
1: i think this will make a star trek fan out of anybody
2: Yeah, I'm
0: looking forward to using the phasers and everything. And uh, while we're talking about this mod, I have to tell everybody that we will have three members of the team from Temporal Cold War on the show within the next couple of weeks. So we'll be having an exclusive interview with these guys, and gals, in fact.
1: Oh, the first girl on the show. (laughs) I
2: never watched um, Enterprise before, so I don't know what's it about. Um to be in relation to the others i love the borg if the if the borg made an appearance in this 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 would sell me because although i'm not a fan of star trek i do love you know the film first contact and the borg in general because they just they just creep me out they're just uh, horrible I can I can't remember whether the ball will
0: make an appearance in this I don't I don't think that they do but the the mod follows the um, the first or the fifth series of the the whole show itself so if you've seen the show you'll sort of know what's coming but you'll you know you'll be playing it as well um, and it's good to see that they're designing this as a single and a multiplayer so hopefully there'll be lots of maps and we talked about this before when they finally release hopefully they'll release some of the assets for People then to make their own maps, which would be kind of cool.
2: Yep, something for everyone indeed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is. This mod is intense. I can't get over it, really, to be honest. It doesn't really look like a source mod, it looks like something from an X-Gen game, to be honest with you. Even the models, like the player models, are superb. The the likeness to the actual characters is incredible. I was going to say, these, these developers are, are going somewhere in the future. I can guarantee it. They will definitely be part of some sort of AAA title.
0: Yeah, I don't want I'd to like be the three. person to... You yeah, know, maybe... I don't want to be the person to jinx this in any way, but I'm very curious how, to, how uh, Paramount uh, are viewing this. I mean, this mod it isn't like a, a quiet mod. I mean, they've been releasing media for a long time. They've got a lot of publicity. So I'm almost assuming that Paramount have either turned a blind eye or almost officially sanctioned them because it's just too good for them not to know about and hopefully that that won't get in the way. I can't believe that they've got this far and just hope that things are going to carry on. I'm sure that they've got some plan of action... Does anybody know whether that you know they've had discussions with Paramount or or what?
1: Oh, I think that'd be a great question for the interview. But uh, we we're well aware of other mods going downhill because of you know some copyright infringements like Goldeneye Source. Um, that's the most notable.
2: I say they'd have to be forced to close this down because it would just be a waste. I mean, it's it, words fail me it's just how amazing it, it really is.
1: Yeah, and what does Paramount gain from shutting this down? Like, it's it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, they would only do for legal reasons.
2: Yeah, it's the same with Fox. They're really touchy about that sort of thing, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they are, and I think it actually backfires on them as well. I mean, I think that, you know, you're better off just letting people almost do what you want and if your game or if you're a company who's planning to release a game is not as good as a mod well that's a reflection on you not the mod itself it's reflection well it's a reflection on how good the mod is and perhaps how bad your game is
2: right right i think fox is starting to sort of like slow down a bit though because there is a there's a mod for crisis which is a predator mod and as far as i know fox haven't said anything to them about it so I don't really know what's going on there. I think they're starting to sort of accept people, you know, there are fans about that are making muds, and, you know, why not?
1: So anyway, um, we will be interviewing them, so stay tuned to Podcast 17 in the future for more of uh, Star Trek Temporal Cold War. Moving on, our last bit of news is Frag Out. And, uh, this is a mod that we've been following, uh, Sauce has always been sending us updates on this mod, and, uh, we're happy to announce media updates for him. Uh, he released a couple new images of the maps, and of course a video, the first gameplay video of, uh, of Fragout. You can see all the different, uh, weapons that they have in this game, and all the new models and everything, and it has a nice little drone-based soundtrack. (laughs) has anybody else been in disable frag out it looks interesting I like grenade mods
0: sorry I was just watching the video and I couldn't hear anything that anybody was saying there yeah I'd have a go I mean it looks kind of fun you know as long as there's lots of variety and you know it's yeah it's fun I mean I said this before that just because I don't play MP mods it's not because I'm against them in principle just because I haven't found any that I like yet but this one looks kind of cool I really like the idea of that Mm Mhm, for sure so William as it is there a beta out Is it been released I, honestly I, I'm not really sure what the situation is at the moment with
1: it with Fragout um, no nothing nothing has been released yet they're just releasing media and uh, this like I said this is the first trailer I think they're doing beta testing uh, internally right now um, I'm not sure if they're recruiting beta testers uh, at the moment I do don't think they are, so don't quote me on that though. Um, and they have, they're they're just still fleshing out the details of the mod. Like even um, in this media update, they announced a new kind of uh, deathmatch mode called Melon Death Mode. And uh, there's about 30 seconds of round time left, and Melon Death and then Melon Death Mode is activated. It's like sudden death, but with a twist. Players get one HP and their grenades are removed and replaced with a whole bunch of melons. So um, they're still fleshing out the details of the mod, and. Uh, I don't think it's out yet, so but don't quote me on the right on that yet.
0: Okay, maybe I'll uh, send him an email and see if I can get a beta beta version and play around with it. I mean, that might be kind of fun for us to to give our uh, thoughts on a beta version, so we'll see.
1: Yeah, for sure that'd be cool. Okay, so due to popular demand, we have brought back the blast for a past segment. Our blast from the past segment and uh, we meant to talk about this mod on a previous blast from the past segment, but we had to skip it. And uh, this week we are going to be talking about it and it is one of my favorite mods and one of my most nostalgic called USS Darkstar. And I just want to say real quick before we talk about what USS Darkstar is. Um, when I first played this mod, I don't know when it was released. Oh, 1999. So, a year after Half-Life. Um, almost four days before my birthday, actually. Um, the When I got into this mod when um, I bought a copy of, like, PC Gamer or something, and I still didn't know much about Half-Life mods at this point, and uh, on... In the actual magazine, there was a CD on there, and packaged on that CD was Neil Mang's USS Darkstar. And I put that in my computer, and I played this mod, and I loved it. And then this is what, this mod alone, is what got me into third-party modifications for Half-Life. That's why it's such a big impression on my life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. This has an impression on my life as well. I looked at it and I thought to myself, wow, it would be brilliant if I could actually make that myself. from there on I set out to try and learn how to mod. Um, This also has another memory for me because I had a friend, uh, we'll call him Bob. Um, He used to have a pirated version of Half-Life and he used to just play it single player. He looked at USS Darkstar on the internet and he thought to himself, yeah, it would be pretty cool to play that. So he installed it and then he found because, you know, it's not a legitimate copy, he couldn't play it. So what he did was he downloaded a patch and installed it and then unfortunately he found he couldn't play it so what he had to do was go out and buy the legitimate copy and that's how bob learned that you know piracy is a bad thing (laughs) is bob uh, a pseudonym for you um no bob's this person i knew back in the day absolutely (laughs) yeah I, i know bob as well actually i know bob yes Bob's cool. I used to play cards with uh, Bob all the time. Great guy.
0: Yeah, I lost a lot of money on poker uh, with uh, Bob, but that's a completely another story. I played uh, US Dark Star this morning, and um, I had a lot of fun. I mean, it's it, you could almost use this as a masterclass for mapping. I mean, at the beginning, he uses the voice of the uh, NPCs really well. He sets the story really well. There's the scenes at the beginning that sort of show you where you are and you know, lots of exploring with lots of windows to see where you can get to later on. And then once the game starts, you've got a few puzzles to work out. There's new models. I mean, it's fantastic. Unfortunately for me, it crashed on my Steam installation four times at the part where you are in the area with the um, gravityless section. Do you remember that, William? But that's where it crashed for me, and it crashed so many times I, I stopped this morning.
1: Yeah, I remember it crashing a lot for me, too, when I revisited it on Steam. Um, It's kind of to expect uh, when you have uh, a mod like this from 1999. Uh, If you haven't played Darkstar, though, I suggest you do, and... uh, the reason this is another reason why this is so big is because neil mank of course the creator of the the hunger series um has been in the mapping development or been in mapping since quake one since the early days of quake one so when half-life was released the idea was he already had that background into making beautiful looking maps and he already had the concept down and uh you know the, the the uh Technology down in terms of his head. He just had to pick up Valve Editor and go ahead and edit, um, or WorldCraft at the time. And he did so. And nobody knew at this time really how to make Half-Life mods. Nobody knew anything. So by Neil Mank and Black Widow Games releasing something like this, so soon after the uh, release of Half-Life 1 was, you know, mind-boggling. And, you know, it might... It, uh, I might be going out on a limb here, but this mod might have been why the reason Half-Life mod development has flourished throughout the years, because Neil Mank and and USS Darkstar showed how easy it was to create a mod in Half-Life, and showed how wonderful the uh, like the Open SDK was, or not the Open SDK, but uh, you know all the tools that Valve makes available.
0: Does anybody know exactly when he released this? Uh, I'm not really sure. Planet Philip tells me it was released on the 1st of January 1998, but that's just the default uh, date I have for when I don't know something.
1: You have it uh, at May 26, 1999.
0: Ah, yes. No, you're right. I'm just checking again. And is that the correct date? So that's, like, really only uh, five months after the release of the game?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at Neil Manx's website, and he says it was also in uh, the PC Gamers, which is the PC Gamer that I picked up when I was a kid, um, PC Gamers August 1999
2: issue. Ah, you beat me to it.
0: (laughs) That's very impressive, considering how little time he had to work on something, Uh, even with lots of experience. um, Yeah, I mean, this really was a, a, a very important mod for people at the time.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I played this mod on loop, because there was nothing else to play at the time. I mean, you could either play this, or TFC, or replay Half-Life 1. That's really all that was available at that time. And uh, it made a big impact on a lot of people's lives, I think.
2: That's, that site is certainly a nostalgia blast. We've got links to The Forge and um, lots of other different sites around at the time. 3DML and 10.4, blimey, it's like being back in 1999 again.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm looking at Neil site too. Um, you know, even before Planet Half-Life was around, um I think I saw the old Planet Half-Life banner, the uh oh, what was it called? Now I can't remember what it was called. Maybe maybe Tom's knows. I I don't like to remember that banner. No. <laughs> 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 uh, I remember land. God, that's going back a bit as well. Oh yeah, I released tons of stuff for Prefab Land. If you if you can find that site, look up Cubic Virtuoso, and you'll find me and all my releases on Prefab Land. I probably got some of your stuff on a hard drive somewhere as well. <laughs> it's just this nostalgia that USS Darkstar brings back to uh, to us, and this is why you should be playing. You, the listeners, should be playing this uh, this mod. And all I can remember, all that's ringing in my head right now, is the lines, "Damn that monkey."
2: <laughs> makes me feel younger as well.
0: <laughs> By the time you listen to this, this will be on the front page of Planet Philip, so there won't be any trouble finding it. You'll just need to go to the front page, and it'll be there.
1: Great. All right, so that's the blast from the past, and that's definitely a blast from my past. I think it's time for an interview. All right, so uh, as we said, Alistair's on the show, and he's from The Forgotten. Um, Alistair, why don't you... Or, Aster, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what your mod is about?
2: Sure. Basically, The Forgotten is... Um kind of a third-person shooter, but it's not a third-person shooter. It's sort of like if you sort of weigh it up, if you've played The Suffering and you played Silent Hill, if you go in between those two, it's sort of like that sort of action. It's um, it's a third-person sort of game, which plays very much in influenced by Silent Hill, Resident Evil, um, ha- sort of influenced by films like Hellraiser and Jacob's Ladder, and it's also got Vietnam bits in it as well so it's like platoon and um you know the bit the other big uh vietnam films like apocalypse now and uh full metal jacket it's basically the story of um a private detective called jack dawson he's traveling to the town of pinewood creek to find this girl who's missing because he's had um distraught parents on the phone or should i say parent and father who's um asking him to find out what's happened to her because she's she's gone out on a school trip to um the town of pinewood creek to camp diamond lake which is taken off from camp crystal lake from friday the 13th there that's that's where the slasher um, influence ends though don't worry and um basically he he travels to the town and his job is to look for her and he Along the way, he meets lots of unscrupulous characters. Like, um, without giving away too much, there's you know there's a sheriff of the town. There's a girl who's sort of she's a bit she's a bit mental. She's not quite there. um, She's quite a deep character, so I'm not going to go into too much. Um, Meets um, he meets a girl who's searching for her missing fiance, who was last seen at Pinewood Creek because he's a photographer and he went by the lakeside to take some photography for his his company basically and um it's really about sort of Jack's Jack's um journey through um Pinewood Creek to find the girl because He's sort of searching for um, a chance at redemption. Another thing that's happened is he's been diagnosed with lung cancer because during his days as a Vietnam vet, he's, he did a lot of smoking and he's done that over the years and it's sort of mounted up over the time. So um, he's, he's got that to deal with. I mean, you know, he's, he's in his sort of early 50s and is he's, well, he's wandering around this place and he finds that things aren't quite right, you know, in the sort of traditional vein of horror and he has to find out what's happened and try and sort it out basically so that's sort of like what the forgotten is in a nutshell i could go into it a lot more um and i will do indeed but that's sort of like the summary really
1: that sounds definitely, definitely excited or uh, exciting. Sorry. Um, one thing that you've mentioned is your influences. Clearly, there's influences from Silent Hill and other horror-based mo- uh, uh, AAA titles. But what about other Half-Life mods? Uh, you know, I'm directly referring to mods like Cry Fear and Afraid of Monsters. Are you looking to mods like this to get uh, some ideas of, you know, um, maps and your art style, so to speak? Um, yes and no. I, play, I played I um, played afraid of
2: monsters back in the day when it first came out and I was like you know this is really good this is this is sort of a silent hill mod but it's not silent hill it's something new and refreshing and it, it was it was really impressive when afraid of monsters director's cut came out it sort of influenced me to sort of follow that vein of you know, that vein of a a horror mod. I'd already started work on the Forgotten and Nether guys, which was set in a sort of city like New York with special forces, but the problem with that is it wasn't scary, because at the end of the day, it's it's like uh, First Encounter Assault Recon. You sort of... A guy, a a badass, who's got all these weapons, and he's fighting monsters, and it's kind of... It's hard to be scared, because, you know, you're armed with all these weapons, and you can pretty much kick ass as much as you want. And so... I dumped that idea, and I went with the, the sort of traditional third-person sort of journey through a town and to, to other locations, really, so that, that was pretty pretty much where it came from. I mean, so, afraid, yeah, I've, I've got to admit, Afraid of Monsters, Director's Cut did quite influence me to to go that way, but in a different direction, obviously, so. In terms of other Half-Life mods, uh, The Forgotten was around a little bit before cry of fear so i had no idea about cry fear so but certainly you know some of the features of cry of fear will probably um make an appearance in the forgotten as well
0: okay so i have a, a few questions why third person what was it about third person that made you decide that this would be suitable for what you're trying to do
2: because i know how much you hate third person philip <laughs> No, really. Um, it was just because third person. It's it, it works in Silent Hill because you see the character, you know. In, in a first person game, sort of like you know Half Life, you've got Gordon Freeman and he never says anything ever, and it's kind of hard to sort of identify with the character because he's just he's just there, but he's got no personality whatsoever. You know. It, if you 've got a third person game you know you 've got the character who 's talking um and you can see him and he's he 's actually someone who 's there and i just i kind of i like the whole idea of having a third person game i mean it also enables me to create camera angles whereby i don 't have to create all of a level I can sort of create some of it and leave the rest not there because you can 't see it so um, with the first person, you know, you have to make everything completely there because it's the first person. You can go anywhere, so there's there's like a mix of third person behind the camera, um, gameplay where you you sort of like you're aiming and you're shooting and you're wandering around, and then when you get into some rooms, It's sort of like you know this top down camera, sort of like as I was saying earlier to create a sense of uneasiness. So that's pretty much why I've gone with the third person, you know, camera mode.
0: Okay, that's interesting. We won't talk about that today, necessarily, but I'm not sure I agree that having a third-person camera angle gives you the ability to um, explore your character or define your character better than having a first-person view, but we can talk about that another time. But why gold source rather than source, then?
2: Um... I never really got into source to be honest with you I did. I installed Half-Life 2 um, back in the day when it actually came out and I thought it was okay um, I'm one of the few people who will say that I think Half-Life 2 is overrated now we're going to get loads of complaints about that (laughs) but um, no I I enjoyed it I just I didn't think it was you know that great and as an engine you know it's sort of accessible but it's not you know there's a lot of things that you have to do differently and you know if you want to create custom content there's a lot of you know writing extra sort of Coding these these files and creating shaders and build cube maps and uh, lo- loads of loads of other things and it's it's like for a mod like this you know my my aim was to create something you know sort of rivaling you know Silent Hill Silent Hill two and three sort of art. Style details, so maybe even go a bit past that. But you know, in terms of source, you know, it's got all the all the things like you know specular and normal and HDR and God rays and stuff like that. And I don't really need that sort of thing. So, I mean, I went with Gold Source basically because, as I, f- I said it very um, very much earlier, I've been in the Half Life community for over ten years now, and I know my stuff really with the Half Life engine. You know, m- moving moving on to another engine and trying to learn everything, but just be like shooting myself in the foot because i'll be trying to create a mod and yeah i'll be learning as i go along but i might run into problems and i might not actually be able to pull off the things that i wanted whereas with gold source i know where i am because i know the mod um i know the the engine rather sorry inside out so i, I know about all the things that you know you have to do on there and that so and of, of course it's a lot less work i mean yeah you've got the engine limitations and you've got the things you've got to you know you've got to sort of um deal with but at the end of the day that's that's a challenge for me you know creating something that's sort of right i've had i've had comments from people saying that um the the mod looks kind of sources as it is so i'm really happy about that but yeah it's it's pretty much you know it's an old engine and i want to get the most out of it and as i'm a half-life veteran that's pretty much why i wanted to use gold source over source to be honest
1: Um, just on that vein, I think there's a lot of people who think the same way you do. Um, Exactly the same way you do. I mean, we've talked about Sven Co-op, and they're kind of reluctant to go towards Source. And I think that's important, because it keeps the Half-Life industry alive. But at the same time, I think there's a push, and, uh, you know, high definition in Gold Source. Um, Afraid of Monsters did it with their high definition textures. And we're seeing it with other mods, like uh, The Mistake. Um, They're concentrating on using a lot of models, and it looks like you're concentrating on using a lot of models too. Too, instead of uh, brush models, which is good because um, you know there needs to be some sort of evolution, but not too much uh, as to confusing us or you guys, the developers. Um, So that's that's really noble, I think, in my opinion. I just want to ask: Are you working on this alone? Um,
2: was, not really. Uh, it started off alone. It started off as a sort of a, an experiment. I mean, this is in all the ten years that I've been around, I haven't really released much, apart from a couple of Counter Strike maps that no one will have heard of. Uh, CS Renegade and D, Savage. Pretty much no one's heard of those, I'm, I suppose. Really, um, that's all I've released. So I thought to myself, you know, I've got to release something for Gold Source. I've got to say, hey, hey, here I am. This is what I can do, and that. So that's where I went with the Forgotten. But I was. I kind of thought that, you know, it's going to gain popularity, but it's it's, it's got a lot more popular than I realised, to be honest, and um, I'm quite chuffed with that, but... It's me primarily. I mean, I do the, the textures, the skins. I do the mapping mostly. I do some of the sound effects. I do the storyline. I do most of the dialogue. It's a lot to take on, but it is actually good because you know it means I can branch out and do a lot of different things. So if I get bored of one area, I can go to another section. And for the fact that you know, I've got, you've got the horror elements and you've got the Vietnam sections as well, um, I can go from the horror to the Vietnam bits If I get fed up with the horror So, But um, I'm not the only one working on it I have... I met a guy at my workplace, of all places, which is a call centre, which is a pretty average place, and he's actually a 3D modeler who was looking to work on something, and just by chance, you know, I met him at work, and we started chatting, and I found out that he was actually a really good character modeler, and he's actually been working on some of the characters. He's um, modelled Jack's model, uh, which is actually undergoing some changes at the moment. Hopefully it's going to be finished soon. He's also modelled very recently um, Maiden, which is one of the concepts on the DB page the controversial one, no less uh, poor guy actually had to re-UV that recently because he edited the UV um, from what he'd done with the changes, I asked him to do and it didn't work So he, because we had loads of smoothing errors and stretching things so he had to re-UV that all over again and he hates UVing and anyone who knows UVs can sort of you know, um, sympathise with him there um, so he's doing the, the character modelling and he also does some of the, um, the props and additional things that I might need that I don't have already um, also we have um, Atoli who's um, also known as Umner, he's a music producer, he's working on the industrial sort of noise type sort of music that we have. I'm trying not to be too much like Silent Hill there, so we're sort of mixing it up. Um, I had another guy called, um, Delon, who's also working on the music, but he's working on more the instrumental type of music so, um, he's got some stuff up on his profile on the ModDB page, and I will make sure that I make a post about that on the actual profile so people can see that, and indeed on the forums as well. Um, We have also got a guy called Magnuson who is working on layouts. One of the important things about The Forgotten is because everything, you know, is like Silent Hill. You've got all the maps and everything and it's sort of... Integral. You've, you've got to sort of get the aesthetics for the building right, so it's um, correct in terms of the map. So you've got the map up, and you'll be able to see where you're going, and it'll be real-time in the game as well. So he's, he's helping me out with the, the layouts there as well. And uh, last, but by all means not least, is James min Wee who's also working on Cry of Fear, and is, of course, the sole Um, original creator of the very popular Resident Evil Cold Blood, he's actually doing the coding Uh, he actually came to me to do the coding because um, I didn't actually have a coder, because I hadn't actually been seeking one out, and uh, because at at the beginning I didn't know whether it was actually going to get that popular, that I would actually go that far, you know, it was at the beginning it was just making as much stuff as possible, and seeing if it would create some, you know, some some, um, popularity and so, yeah, James is, is working on the mod, he's going to be doing the coding, and also one of the reasons he's doing the coding is because with Cry of Fear, some of the features that they have will also be implemented into the Forgotten. In a different way, though, um, the inventory system in Cry of Fear is fairly small in comparison to what will eventually be in um the forgotten so pretty much yeah that that's that's the people that are working on it there are also there is also um jack uh warrens who's also part of uh heart of evil napalm edition who's actually very kindly modeling me a completely new huey at the moment for the vietnam sections and it's looking superb so i cannot wait to skin that and there are other people that are also helping me out with little things but they're not actually part of the team itself as it was
1: well, it certainly seems like you have some sort of real direct drive. You have such an intricate storyline, and you seem to know exactly what you want. And, uh, you know, you're even concentrating on the little things that a lot of people don't concentrate on, like, uh, like for example, music. As you said before, you have an intricate music team. Um, and music is obviously important to any Half-Life mod. Uh, Emmanuel talked about that on previous shows. I just wanted to know, of course, the last question, and uh, what you're probably expecting, is when can people expect to see it? Um, As 3D Realms would say, when it's done. <laughs> oh, let's not let's not compare you to 3D Realms because then we're going to have uh, you know a Duke Nukem Forever uh, idea on us. It's actually going to be renamed the Forever actually in
2: in later times because it will take forever to complete. <laughs>
0: Let's hope not. Um, I've got a question about um, a description you used on your mod profile here. It says, um, graphic novel sequences. I wonder if you can explain what you mean by that.
2: Yep, um, pretty much. Basically, uh, if anyone has played Max Payne will know that it's one of the few games that's actually implemented graphic novel sequences in the gameplay. So you've got the cutscenes, scenes and you've also got graphic novel sequences to sort of... Um Play the storyline along. So this was something that I wanted to do in the Forgotten. I would, you know, I wanted to have cutscenes in there as well, but I also wanted to mix it with graphic novel sequences. So the good thing about graphic novel sequences is it allows for a lot of a lot of play around because what what I do. So basically, I'll have an environment made in Hammer, which will be empty, and then I'll have all the the models. Uh, the characters that are going to be in the actual graphic novel sequence themselves posed in Half-Life Model Viewer um, photoshopped into the environment, some additional photoshopping for lighting and shadows and stuff like that as well, Uh, add the speech bubbles in and hey presto you've got the graphic novel sequences there and these will work pretty much like they do in Max Payne where you know they sort of load and you've got the sound effects and you sort of follow the frames along unfortunately with the limitations that we have we can't actually have it frame by frame so you'll just have to follow it along with the sound effects and then you know look at the next frame and then you'll realize that that's that's where you know that scene's coming from and everything so it's it's pretty idiot proof so that's that's going to be okay and um i'm sort of debating whether to um, have all graphic novels in the whole game itself or just keep them for the Vietnam sections because I'm not sure whether they would work too well in the actual game itself now that, that we've, we've had discussions about this I mean people have been posting on the ModDB page about concerns that it, it wouldn't really work in a game like this and I sort of thought about it and I'm thinking yeah, it might not actually but yeah, we've got we've got to try and we've got to see if it works so I'll certainly be you know following it up but most certainly the graphic novel sequence will appear in the Vietnam section so you can look back on um, Jack's history when he was a vietnam vet and you will also get to know about some of the things that he did in vietnam that he's kind of forgotten about things that he would rather be buried for a long time so the graphic novel sequences are pretty much something that i wanted to put in the mod that would be original for a half-life mod because it's never been done before and as far as i know other than mdk which is a fairly old game now and max Payne, graphic novel sequences haven't been put into another game
0: okay well that sounds like uh, it's definitely worth looking out for i'm curious to see what they'll actually look like in um, in the game so thanks for coming on the show and talking about the the mod for listeners who want to find out more there's the mod db profile but also if you want some access to exclusive media then you'll need to join the forums which we'll post a link to and once you join, you'll have access to some uh, some exclusive media. So that's um, definitely a mod that you should be interested in if you're into that kind of um, Silent Hill-type uh, ambience. So, William, another show? Anything that we can uh, finish up with today?
1: I think that's about it. I just want to remind the listeners to join our Steam Community group. Uh, Search Podcast 17 on Steam Community. Join the group. And uh, this week we will be playing Empires 2.2. So you can jump on there and play with friends. Play Empires. And, uh, you know, if you want, you can probably play the new version of Suicide Survival 2 if you want. Um, I'm sure you'll find people on there who want to play 1.1, especially myself and uh, Nick. And uh, I just want to thank all our guests, of course thomas and uh alistair who went on who came on the show again and i want to thank the listeners for being here and uh don't forget to check out podcast 17 www.podcast17.com philip anything last to say
0: yes uh thank you to the guests and thank you to you
2: yeah thanks for having me on the show it's been a great privilege uh, privilege even um I'm really glad to be on here, and I hope that people can um, see that The Forgotten has a lot of potential. I mean, there'll be a lot of people out there that aren't really into Half-Life more, uh, they're more into Source mods now. But, you know, if if you just want to sort of step away from the the sort of Source um, guys there and have a little look at Forgotten, I think you'll you'll surprise yourself, and look out for the future, because I will be releasing a big media release.
3: Yeah, it was uh, great to be on again. I really appreciate uh, having the opportunity to come on here and talk with you guys about all these wonderful mods. Uh, And yes, for those mods that are out there looking for a place to host their stuff, you can be like Alistair here and be awesome on Half-Life Creations. So be sure to check us out if you want some hosting. Send in
0: some more listeners' questions. We really want to reply to those. And keep visiting the site and keep telling us what you think. So thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you next week.